Pastor Michelle Donatien coming to you from Michelle Donatien Ministries. And I want to encourage you with a fresh word from the Lord today. To Jesus be all the praise. This is Pastor Michelle Donatien coming to you today. I am very excited. It is the Friday, October the 23rd, 2020 edition, and we're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord today. Hallelujah. Well, today, the title of the message, the title of this is You Are Delivered from Fear. Hallelujah. I hope and pray that you have been excited about what God is doing in your life, even today. I hope you've been looking for his deliverance and his salvation in your life. Meaning, I hope that you've been looking at everything he's doing because he's doing great and mighty things, because he's a great and mighty God. Well, we're going to have a wonderful time as we unpack this powerful, powerful statement, this powerful truth, because what happened on the cross guarantees that you are delivered from fear. Jesus said it is finished. And my sweet people of God, my sweet friends, it is finished. Hallelujah. And we're also going to be reading the word of God today. We're going to be reading the book of 2 Samuel chapters 13, 14, 15, and 13, 14, and 15. And I do want to share with you, just to alert you, that the beginning of chapter 13 has some strong content because it is where David's sons, one of David's sons, um, uh, well, we can just say that he... Uh, I don't know the best way to put it. I'll just, I'll just say what it is, um, that he uh, forced himself upon his sister. So I just want to make sure that you're prepared for that. Now, if you've read this scripture before, you know that it is not explicit or anything like that, of course, but do know that it is a strong topic and I want you to be able to talk to your children. They need to hear the word of God, so they need to hear what is being said, but just know to talk to your children as appropriate to help them understand as appropriate for their age. Hallelujah. So you might only need to just say that he did something bad to his sister based on their age. You know your children, but I want to make sure that I give you this. uh, I wanted to make sure that I warn you about that so that you know exactly how to deal with that. Well, stay tuned as we unpack this powerful, powerful message. So what does it mean, you are delivered from fear? What does the Bible tell us about fear and about deliverance and about the Lord Jesus? How are they all all put together? Well, I want to talk to you about a scripture. And the scripture is, we all know this scripture. This is hallelujah, what the Bible, what Jesus said when he died on the cross. But before we go to that scripture, we're going to open up in prayer. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Holy Spirit, I ask you to give me the words to say today to your sweet, sweet people. Touch each one afresh and anew. We give you glory and honor and we thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Lord God, we even ask you right now that you will touch each heart and illuminate your word. Soften each one's heart, Lord God, where it's been hardened. Go deep, deep, deep. 
Take out everything from us that you don't want in us, Lord God. We give it over to you. Saints, pray that with me. We give it over to you. Everything that you don't want in our lives, Lord God, we ask you to take it and destroy it. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise and honor. And all God's people said, amen in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Well, you know, we serve this wonderful and mighty God. Hallelujah. And the truth of the matter is, we have his word to hold us. There's no one like him. Nobody. Absolutely nobody like him. Now, we're going to unpack this word and I want to give you a simple truth that you will never forget. As you walk for the rest of your life, I want you to hold on to this word of God. This God, this word is so wonderful. This God that we serve is so faithful. Turn with me to the book of John chapter 19. Chapter 19, excuse me. John chapter 19, and we're going to start, hallelujah, in verse 28. And you know this scripture. This is when Jesus is dying. This is when he dies on the cross. Our precious Savior. And it says in verse 28, John chapter 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, now let's just stop for a second. Let's just stop for a second. He said it is finished. He knew the work was done on the cross. The work was done on the cross, but there's more to this work. It wasn't just that he died, that his life was finished. Some people might think that, but no, 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 it's much more than that. In verse 30, it says, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now I want to take you to a scripture. And this is Isaiah chapter 53. Now we've read this scripture together just a few days ago, earlier this week. And you've also read this scripture, I'm sure, yourself. But we're going to break some of this apart today. Because the truth of the matter is, the Bible says you are delivered. Jesus said it is finished. But now here's the question, finished? What was finished? Well, let's go to Isaiah 53. And this is what he says. Hallelujah. Starting at verse 4. It says, Surely he hath borne our griefs, our sickness, our infirmities. That's what it means in Hebrew. And carried our sorrows. In Hebrew, it's the word pain. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our, he was pierced for our transgressions. That means our acts of sin. Now, right there, he was wounded. He was pierced for our acts of sin, for our transgressions. It is sin to be in fear. The Bible says that all the fearful will have their place in the lake of fire. That's what it says. I want you to look at this right here in scripture, in Revelations. All the fearful will have their place in the lake of fire. 
When I read this, I was shocked because I had been fearful. My whole life, I had been fearful. (laughs) But the word of God is so clear. Hallelujah. The word of God is so clear. And it says here right now, right here in the book of Revelations chapter 21. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now he said, but the fearful, it's with the fearful, unbelieving. And that's the very next word I want to share with you, the unbelieving. If we don't believe the word of God, we are unbelieving. And the Bible calls that sin. He puts that with all the rest. He calls it sin. If you don't read this word and believe what he says, that he bore all of your sickness, your infirmities, your pain, your affliction, your, excuse me, let me back up. Surely he hath borne our griefs, which is our sickness and infirmities in Hebrew, and carried our sorrows, which is pain. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded, pierced for our transgressions, our acts of sin. He was bruised, that means crushed, for our iniquities. That's the state of sin, the reason for the act. That's the deep down. The chastisement of our peace, the punishment of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. My friends, the word of God is very clear. And it says it right here, that it all was taken care of on the cross. That is what was finished. You don't have anything to worry about. Absolutely nothing. You are delivered from fear. Believe what his word says. Glory be to God. It says it right here. There's nothing to be fearful of. Why would you fear? He's taken it all on for you. Hallelujah. Well, we are going to be reading in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 13, 14, and 15 today. I'm really excited about sharing this word with you today. So in the word of God, you're going to be blessed. Don't forget, share this with your friends, your family, your children, your husband, your wife, because the word of God is so important. Hallelujah. 2 Samuel chapter 13. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemiah, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, Why art thou being the king's son, lean from day to day? He said, I'll say that again. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother, Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed and make thyself sick. 
And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. So Amnon lay down and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar my sister come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house, and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down. And she took flour and kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight, and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have all men out from me. And they went out every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made, and brought them into the chamber to Amnon her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her, and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. And she said, and she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly. And I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she, forced her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou didst unto me. But he would not hearken unto her. Then he called his servant that ministered unto him and said, Put now this woman out from me and bolt the door after her. And she had a garment of diverse colors upon her, for which such, for with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparelled. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of diverse colors that was on her, and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. And Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister, he is thy brother, regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. Absalom's house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amnon, because he had forced his sister Tamar. And it came to pass after two full years that Absalom had sheep shearers in Baal Hazor, which is beside Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons, and Absalom came to the king and said, Behold now, thy servant hath sheep shearers. Let the king, I beseech thee, and his servants go with thy servant. And the king said to Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all now go, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him. Howbeit he would not go, but blessed him. Then said Absalom, if not, I pray thee, let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said unto him, Why should he go with thee? But Absalom pressed him, that he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now when Absalom's heart is merry with wine, 
And when I say unto you, smite Amnon, then kill him, fear not. Have not I commanded you, be courageous and be valiant? And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and every man got him up upon his mule and fled. And it came to pass, when they were in the way, that tidings came to David, saying, Absalom hath slain all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Then the king arose, and tare his garments, and lay on the earth, and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. And Jonadab, the son of Shemiah, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose that they have all slain, that they have slain all the young men, the king's sons, for Amnon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom, this hath been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Now, therefore, let not my lord, the king, take the things to his heart to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Amnon only is dead. But Absalom, Absalom fled, and the young man that kept the watch lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there came much people by the way of the hillside, of the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said unto the king, Behold, the king's sons come, as thy servant said, so it is. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of speaking, that behold, the king's sons came and lifted up their voice and wept. And the king also and all his servants wept very sore. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Amihud, king of Geshur, and David mourned for his son every day. And Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing he was dead. Second Samuel chapter 14. Now Joab, the son of Zeruiah, perceived that the king's heart was toward Absalom. And Joab sent to Tekoa and fetched thence a wise woman and said unto her, I pray thee, feign thyself to be a mourner and put on now mourning apparel and anoint not thyself with oil, but be as a woman that had a long time mourned for the death. And come to the king and speak on this manner unto him. So Joab put the words in her mouth. And when the woman of Tekoa spake to the king, she fell on her face to the ground and did obeisance and said, Help, O king. And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, I am indeed a widow woman, and mine husband is dead. And thy handmaid had two sons, and they two strove together in the field, and there was none to part them. But the one smote the other and slew him. And behold, the whole family is risen against thine handmaid. And they said, Deliver him that smote his brother, that we may kill him for the life of his brother whom he slew. And we will destroy the heir also. And so they shall quench my coal which is left, and shall not leave to my husband neither name nor remainder upon the earth. And the king said unto the woman, Go to thine house, and I will give charge concerning thee. And the woman of Tekoa said unto the king, My lord, O king, the iniquity be on me, and on my father's house, and the king and his throne be guiltless. And the king said, Whosoever saith aught unto thee, bring him to me, and he shall touch, he shall not touch thee any more. Then said she, I pray thee, let the king remember the Lord thy God, that thou wouldest not suffer the revengers of blood to destroy any more, lest they destroy my son. 
And he said, As the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of thy son fall to the earth. Then the woman said, Let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak one word unto my lord the king. And he said, Say on. And the woman said, Wherefore then hast thou thought such a thing against the people of God? For the king doth speak this thing as one which is faulty, in that the king doth not fetch home again his banished. For we must needs die, and are as water spilt on the ground, spilt on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Neither doth God respect any person. Yet doth he devise means that is banished, be not expelled from him. Now therefore that I am come to speak of this thing unto my lord the king, it is because the people have made me afraid, and thy handmaid said, I will now speak unto the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his handmaid. For the king will hear to deliver his handmaid out of the hand of the man that would destroy me and my son together out of the inheritance of God. Then thine handmaid said, The word of my lord, the king, shall now be comfortable. For as an angel of God, so is my lord, the king, to discern good and bad. Therefore the Lord thy God will be with thee. Then the king answered and said unto the woman, Hide not from me, I pray thee, the thing that I shall ask thee. And the woman said, Let my lord, the king, now speak. And the woman said, excuse me, and the king said, Is not the hand of Joab with thee in all this? And the woman answered and said, As thy soul liveth, my lord the king, none can turn to the right hand or to the left from aught that my lord the king hath spoken. For thy servant Joab, he bade me, and he put all these words in my mouth of thine handmaid. To fetch about this form of speech hath thy servant Joab done this thing. And my lord is wise, according to the wisdom of an angel of God, to know all things that are in the earth. And the king said unto Joab, Behold, now I have done this thing. Go therefore, bring the young man Absalom again. And Joab fell to the ground on his face and bowed himself and thanked the king. And Joab said, Today thy servant knoweth that I have found grace in thy sight, my lord, O king, in that the king hath fulfilled the request of his servant. So Joab arose and went to Geshur and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, Let him turn to his own house, and let him not see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house, and saw not the king's face. But in all Israel there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. From the sole of his foot, even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish on, on, in him. And when he pulled his head, for it was at every year's end that he pulled it, because the hair was heavy on him, therefore he pulled it. He weighed the hair of his head at two hundred shekels after the king's weight. And unto Absalom there were born three sons and one daughter whose name was Tamar. She was a woman of a fair countenance. So Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem and saw not the king's face. Therefore Absalom sent for Joab to have, seen, to have sent him to the king, but he would not come to him. And when he sent him sent again the second time, he would not come. Therefore he said unto his servants, See, Joab's field is near mine, and he hath barley there. Go and set it on fire, and Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose and came to Absalom unto his house and said unto him, Wherefore have thy servants set my field on fire? And Absalom answered Joab, Behold, I sent unto thee. 
saying, Come hither, that I may send thee to the king, to say, Wherefore am I come from Geshur? It had been good for me to have been there still. Now, therefore, let me see the king's face. And if there be any iniquity in me, let him kill me. So Joab came to the king and told him, and when he had called her, when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed Absalom. Second Samuel chapter 15. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is of one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, O oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed it, and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And it came to pass after forty years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow, which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode at Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, then ye shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. And with Absalom went two hundred men out of Jerusalem that were called, and they went in their simplicity, and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor, from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were with him in Jeru at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint. And the king went forth and all his household after him. And the king left ten women, which were concubines, to keep the house. And the king went forth and all the people after him and tarried in a place that was far off. And all his servants passed on beside him. And all the Cherethites, and all the Pelethites, and all the Gittites, six hundred men which came after him from Gath, passed on before the king. Then said the king to Ittai, the Gittite, Wherefore goest thou also with us? Return to thy place, and abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. 
Whereas thou is came, whereas thou camest, but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and go and down with us? I'll read that again. Whereas thou camest, but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Seeing I go whither I may, return thou and take back thy brethren. Mercy and truth be with thee. And Ittai answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my lord the king liveth, surely in what place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. And David said to Ittai, Go and pass over. And Ittai the Gittite passed over, and all his men, and all the little ones that were with him. And the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over the king also himself passed over the brook, Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. And lo, Zedok also, and all the Levites were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they sat down the ark, they set down the ark of God, and Abiathar went up until all the people had done passing out of the city. And the king said unto Zadok, Carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here am I. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. The king said also unto Zadok the priest, Art not thou a seer? Return into the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimaaz thy son, and Jonathan the son of Abiathar. See, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness, until there come word from you to certify me. Zadok therefore and Abiathar carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem, and they tarried there. And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet, and wept as he went up, and had his head covered, and he went barefoot, and all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up, weeping as they went up. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount, where he worshipped God, Behold, Hushai, the archite, came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. Unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant. Then mayest thou for my defeat for me, then mayest thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. And hast thou not there with thee Zadok and Abiathar the priests? Therefore it shall be that what thing soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, thou shalt tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Behold, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimaaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by them ye shall send unto me everything that ye can hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came unto the, into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. Jerusalem. 
Well, I hope and pray that you have enjoyed this time that we have spent together. Hallelujah. What a precious time in the Lord. It really blesses me to spend this time with you. You are my brothers and my sisters in Christ Jesus. We are one body. We're family and our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus is the head of our family. He's the head of the body. He is our master. Praise be to God. And I'm so excited about it. I hope that you were blessed by this time and that the words that I spoke to you really encouraged you. And what we're going to do before we close is we're going to pray because the Lord God is so faithful and we want to thank him for everything he's done here today. And including, and in addition to that, we're going to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are being persecuted around the world. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, every podcast, every program, we pray together about uh, the brothers and sisters in Christ that are being persecuted in two countries. I started with a list of people or a list of countries that are the most persecuted in the world for their Christianity or where Christians are the most persecuted in the world for their Christianity. And after we finish, which is only four more nations, then what we're going to begin doing is we're going to begin praying just for each and every nation around the world. And I recommend you do the same thing. Get yourself a map. Begin praying for the people of God around the world because God called us to bear ye one another's burdens. We love them because they're part of our family. Hallelujah. And the Lord God tells us to love our brother as ourself. And more importantly, even I should say in addition to that, in another part of scripture, he says to esteem each other greater than we esteem ourselves. So that means that we should care for them more than we care for ourselves. And we certainly protect ourselves. So let's pray for them. Hallelujah. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we lift up the persecuted Christians in the country of the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. Right now, we pray for their leaders, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and we ask that you give them wisdom and tolerance, allowing citizens to change their faith. Lord God, we pray that the government will be able to keep the country safe from terrorist groups and provide policies that encourage young people to work for the good of their country. Father, we pray for Christian women who convert from Islam and lose their rights to possession and their children, Lord. We lift up those in Cameroon and the United Arab Emirates, and we ask you right now in the name of Jesus to give them encouragement, Lord God, by your Holy Spirit. Encourage them and bring your word to them in the name of Jesus. Illuminate it so it may become alive to them in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you send supplies, Bibles to places where they cannot get Bibles. Open up prison doors where people have been closed in in the name of Jesus. Unchain them where they've been chained spiritually, Lord, in the name of Jesus, your word says that they've already been delivered. Open up their eyes that they may see it and walk in it in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for the Christians in Cameroon, in northern Cameroon, who've converted to Christianity from Islam. Lord God, we know that these believers often face threats and violence for their choice to follow Jesus. We pray, Lord God, for Christians who oppose the dictatorship of President Paul Bia. If believers are seen to oppose the government, they can be tortured and even killed. So we ask you right now to Stop that horrible practice and also, Lord God, to protect 
those people of God in that country. We pray for the saving grace of Jesus to pierce the hearts of Boko Haram fighters, that they would see the truth of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we ask you right now to change their hearts and their minds, Lord God. Give the people of God boldness in Cameroon and the United Arab Emirates that they may preach the gospel, they may preach Jesus like never before. In Jesus' holy and precious name. Lord God, I lift up each and every listener, all of your sweet people. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, and I ask you to touch their hearts afresh and anew. Make it all, illuminate your word to them, Lord God. Even the message here today, that it may never leave their hearts and they will walk it out knowing they have been delivered. In Jesus' precious name, we thank you and praise you. And all God's people said, Amen. One last thing, I want to ask you to pray for our ministry, pray for me as we get things in order and as we change things around in order to work and uh, get time frames right. And as you know, um, my goal is to have this podcast uh, updated every day for you, 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today... I fell short, so I do apologize for that. And pray for us in our ministry as we are growing. I'm very excited about it. But of course, with growing comes growing pains. And so they're not really pains, but they're just ways for us to improve and ways for us to change. So keep us in your prayers, Michelle Donatee and Ministries, that the Lord God will move and he already is and that he will give us wisdom and show us exactly how to carry out his call for this ministry. Well, sweet people of God, I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. Tune in tomorrow for a new and fresh word from the Lord for you. This is Pastor Michelle Donatian signing off. God bless you and to Jesus be all the praise.